Yeah, this this episode is brought to you and by by Maru Coffee with the cream top and the bonbon. Famous coffees you'll stand in line for at least three hours for. Worth it. But it's kind of a place to be seen. Yeah, like, especially if you're young and single and like on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, I'm some of those things. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm all of those things. Actually, I'm none of those things. I'm I'm I guess I'm young. I think 41 or 40 is young. I'll be 41 in October. Um, I, you know, because we, we're going to live past it's actually the new um, concepts of what how old people can live to. Like by because of how well we know health and everything now, mm. technically we can live to be 120, 150 years old. Okay, good. So I'm only like at the halfway point then. Yeah, I mean I'm at least shooting for 115, at least. Because by then I might have some sort of uh, savings to tell me when I'm older. <laughs> yeah, or the uh, generation alpha will bring back social security in a way that we never knew it before. <laughs> like, do you think, is it possible? Do you think it's possible that we get to a point where our government or our society says, hey, let's take care of those people because they're they're not dying quick enough. So we got to do something to take yeah, care of them. Yeah, you know, and I think it's going to kind of line right up perfectly with um, uh, universal basic incomes. Mm. And I think depending on your age, you should get less or more. And I know that's like a very hot take. But you've been living on this planet for how long? And, you know, so like I feel like our elderly people really need to get their their payday. They need a bag. Let me tell you what they do in Norway. Oh, They yeah. discovered they have a bunch of oil. And they're like, instead of letting, you know, just a few people get absurdly rich with it and everybody else just screw you and suffer the consequences of global warning what they did was they said oh let's pretend let's let's start from the reference of this belongs to everybody in this country and everybody will profit from it equally and so what they've done they've created a, a sovereign wealth fund and so the money that's made from the oil goes into their sovereign wealth fund and basically it's a retirement account for every single person every citizen of norway so that they never have to worry about what how they're going to earn a living when they retire because they've got the sovereign wealth fund the only problem that creates for them is like everybody's got so much money that nobody wants to do like jobs that are kind of like low-end jobs and so people are like no i'm gonna buy a boat and I'm going to open up a coffee shop. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, that's great. I like this idea. Yeah, so if the United States did that with the wealth of the resources of this country and split it among everybody, including, hey, you know, the Native American population, the indigenous people of this continent. The true owners of this country. Sure. Why don't you cut them in a little bit, you know, at least. And... But no, it's it's being it's being sucked up by a, a handful of very wealthy. This isn't even what we planned on talking about today. But no, that's it's not. It's just what hit hard. I'm be jellyfish and shovel. And shovel. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the jellyfish and shovel show. I'm be jellyfish. I'm Mr. Shovel. And we're here every week to bring you the hard hitting facts of everything: politics, pop culture. You know, just 
how to be a better uh, citizen to your community. I mean, I'm really into that. I mean, I guess if you don't want to, it's fine. But you can come here for the tips on how to be a good person. And how to be a better citizen to yourself. Yes, actually, that's true. Learning self-care is like a really hard one. That's so funny because we are not trying to talk about this today. But self-care is something that for both of us has been coming up. I didn't even tell you. I I can tell this story. The other day, my uh, sister, who is or like... Technically, she's my cousin, but we're white. So, Mm -hmm. you know, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So her family took me in when I was little. Like my aunt and uncle took me in right before she was born when I was three months old. So she's like your sister. Yeah. And then she was born. So she's my sister. But the other day, she's my age. She's 40. She was getting pains in her heart. Mm. She overworks herself. She goes to the job site. She's an interior designer. And she's feeling sharp pains in her arm. And she ends up going to the hospital and they send her to the ER part and admit her immediately because it's like she could be having a heart attack Left or arm. a stroke. Yeah. Okay. And um, she's fine. But come to find out, she's having a panic attack. And yeah. she didn't even really know how to recognize it because she wor- one works really hard. She's a mother. She, Her mom and dad live with her, but it's not like where they help. It's like... I mean, they're great people and they're helpful, but it's hard to manage everybody and to take care of your parents and your kid and your your job. And, you know, and she never even takes a weekend off where she's like being lazy. Like she's just the opposite. We so, have a we have a threshold yeah. for how much we can take. I, I went through a period of time in my life where I was having a lot of panic attacks and I, too, was going to the emergency room because when you're having them, you think you're dying. Yeah. Absolutely. And it feels like I'm ha- once I called the, you know, paramedics came <laughs> and they they started looking through my apartment like for drugs thinking what's wrong with me. They didn't take me because they didn't find anything wrong with me. Y- you think you're having a heart attack or a stroke or you're about to drop dead and and not in a vague way. You think like this is it my on my heart. So I've gone several times during that period of my life to the emergency room. And it was only after them conducting every single kind of test you could conduct yeah. did one doctor finally take me aside. He was from India, and he explained to me like the concept of how we are like basically we have a fight or flight response left over from like the caveman days, and when we're stressed, we get all these chemicals that come up in our body that help us run. But in modern times, like we don't we don't expend those chemicals and so they overwhelm our our nervous system and everything just starts going crazy because we have too many of these fight or flight chemicals running through us it's it's very scary when it's happening because you think you're dying how is she doing now she's doing good but this is the thing is we've now we're having very serious talks about self-care and about how she needs to take a break and it's something you know it's very difficult for her to even conceive of how she's going to do this But at the same time, it's so necessary for us to be able to show up as ourselves. Like there was this thing in one of my therapies when I first had a child and it's like take like put the mask on yourself first. Like, you know, when you're in a plane 
and say it's going down or something's going on and the oxygen comes out, you're supposed to put the oxygen mask on yourself first so then you can assist the people around you so you don't pass out on accident and then not be able to help them. So the idea is to, like, as you give yourself self-care, you're actually, like, if you need to flip it in your brain somehow to, like, make it happen, know that that's you caring for the people around you so much for you to be able to show up 100%, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually to the people around you. Because, I mean, otherwise that becomes stressful, <laughs> like going anywhere, doing anything. So I don't know. I What we've done is I've sat down uh, over FaceTime with her and we've just been making little schedule of when I don't have my kid, I'm going to basically treat her like my kid, drive her around, make her sleep in. Well, thank God for the loved ones in our life that we can turn to in these in these times. I have to admit to B, you know, to our listeners, I haven't been there the last couple of episodes, and B has just soldiered on and just found a way and went and, and done episodes, really good episodes. But the reason I wasn't there is that I had to take a self-care break. And, um, and he had to get a BBL. I did. And, <laughs> Sorry, and, um, Mark. I, I said that you got a BBL. Online. I had to look it up. <laughs> I thought it was some sexual thing, but no, a, a Brazilian butt lift. <laughs> it looks you know, good. It looks very works. natural, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> just kidding. We are just um, kidding. It's organic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll ex- just briefly explain. Like I was in a situation where. I was working in a very, very hot apartment with no AC under a stressful situation, and it became unhealthy for me. My body was reacting to that after two weeks of that, basically. And my body was telling me it's no longer safe to be here. And that was taking its toll on me emotionally and mentally. And I had to extract myself from the situation. So in my work setting, I had to say, you know what? I'm leaving right now. It's like this is I'm in survival mode and I'm clocking out. And I'll be back over the week. And I took off and I had to go to the ocean. I went to a meditation retreat. First of all, it was the ocean. It was 20 degrees cooler. And second of all, it was a meditation retreat. This was an act of self-care, an act of survival. Thankfully, uh, B was understanding about that. And um, it may have seemed to my coworkers that it was a mental health breakdown. But to me, it was like a self-care breakdown. Yeah. And before you hit a meltdown or a breakdown, like you got to do the self-care before you, it's like a critical mass. Yeah. Like you can't let it get to critical mass. Right. We, we have a threshold. We only have so much in the tank, you know, and we hit a certain place and we know our bodies know. And that's when you go into those panic attacks, it's like you're, it's, you've passed that threshold. And your body is just not unable to handle the the stress. Your nervous system is basically short-circuiting because it's, there's too many of these stimulant chemicals in you. And so like with what your sister experienced and what I experienced when I had my panic attacks, it was like I, I went into, I went over that threshold. To fight or flight. Yeah. Yeah. And you flew away. Yeah. I tend to, uh, when I had my first panic attack, um, or first like... Um, public panic attack where I didn't know what was really happening. It was like in front of Modest Mouse uh, band setting up and they were doing like a mic check and a like whatever. It was a very small venue. 
it was like 2000, early 2000s and it wasn't, they weren't like huge yet kind of thing. I knew them before they were cool. No, but it was like a nice, and it's not like Modest Mouse is like that hard of music, you know, it's pretty lighthearted. Yeah. But I ended up being at the front of like the crowd and just the energy from that and the sound, like I have audio processing disorder, but I had never been taught that maybe being in front of PA systems wouldn't be a good idea. This is like one of the first couple times I've gone to like actual show. And as the music starts and everyone starts screaming, I suddenly think everyone's trying to kill me and their arms moving around. I'm seeing them with like weapons in their hands and that's not real, you know, and I start thinking they're trying to kill me and I start ripping through people, like pushing them aside like violently and getting out and I ran out of the venue throwing up shaking crying it felt like someone had pepper sprayed my face kind of thing but nobody did you know (laughs) my heart was pounding I was like I sat down and started breathing and my friends who were all like drinking and getting high and I was not because I was the DD that night it was one of my best friends like birthdays too I feel so bad for her she doesn't care now (laughs) so did you understand what was happening to you at that time no I didn't I thought oh great I'm having a heart attack or something like I didn't know what happened and so did people think like oh you just went nuts or you flipped out or yeah we all were like that was I think a panic attack and then we took me to the ER because it was so it was just so bad like nobody could calm me down and I kept trying to catch my breath and I was hysterical and I kept just thinking everybody was trying to hurt me and then I felt bad because I would come back around to being like but nobody was and I'm so sorry I just ruined the whole night and like it was just this whole (laughs) so it's like somebody who has claustrophobia or fear of heights or something you get into a situation and you just the processing of those things can't sometimes puts the threshold of your body over anyway. So it's like you really have to be careful with yourself, I guess. What do you do now? Like you go to concerts sometimes or you go to places where... Oh, yeah. You know, I hardly do. But when I finally get the courage to, I take beta blockers, the Mm. fight or flight Mm -hmm. uh, medication. Because in the past, I've been uh, prescribed like lorazepam or Xanax, which is like... um, a really heavy anti-anxiety pill and they definitely feel wild mm-hmm. you know but I'm not enjoying myself and then I start to, and this is this is something that can happen okay I start to get major anxiety because I'm not acting like myself and mm-hmm. I don't feel in control mm-hmm. yeah and then that gives me anxiety where that's supposed to not happen but it, it happens on it I took when I described to you the situation when I got diagnosed with panic attacks back in the day he prescribed beta blockers as well and basically what that does is kind of put a cap on the amount of adrenaline that goes to your heart yeah and instead of like um like running or fighting you can like process the thing you're like oh this is happening right now i also will wear certain um earphone or like ear protection because i can't accept sound at the same Mm. way but if I can feel it it's a little bit easier so I kind of like 
feel the music and I can see it and you can hear it enough through the earbuds. It's it's they're they're not earbuds. They're like these little jelly things that look like when you have tubes in your ears and you're going to go swimming. Yeah. And you got to put those things that form and it just goes all the way into the ear canal and it really helps me a lot. Like it's just been over the years I have to manage that stuff because it will make me puke i'm really cool you guys i don't know if you know this but <laughs> you, you never really partied until you've seen me puking <laughs> yeah, at a concert hey you're not having fun until somebody uh, ends up in the er <laughs> puking at mana's mouse or whatever yeah it was so incredibly like um embarrassing but everybody came through that night for me I, I i have really great friends i gotta say i've definitely lost some people throughout the years like either because of death or because they're crazy and i'm crazy and our crazy doesn't mix mm-hmm. but the people that have stuck around that worked out i'm grateful for you know a lot of people are going through very stressful situations right now and collectively i think at least i've observed because we're living in a stressful world it's hard to live in this world right now. And of course, we're suffering from a lot of stress. You know, our environment is stressing us. Our, the media is stressing us. Social media is stressing us. Uh, financial situations are stressing us. A lot of us are dealing with that. And we all have our breaking points. We all have like the, the place that we need to uh, step away from things and so it's good to recognize that point or have people in your life that care about you enough to help you uh recognize that to point achieve that <clears throat> what do you do when you're trying to self i well i have a couple of of trusted people in my life and i have to say look i just i'm not complaining i just need to explain what's happening with me right now this is happening and I want to know whether or not that sounds normal. Yeah, you know? <laughs> you're like, don't try to fix it. Yeah, just listen to this. <laughs> I just need you to listen. Yeah, and I, well, I do. Met, you know, the things some trusted friend said to me, like, okay, so the things that you would normally do to alleviate the situation, are you doing them? You know, there's a few basic things: meditation of some kind, um, you know, getting some form of exercise. Um, in participating in in you know various kinds of self help th- situations that I'm going to keep anonymous. So yeah, there's there's certain things I do to take care of myself that this good friend pointed out to me. You're not doing any of those things right now. Oh, that's that's good. Someone to hold you accountable, but but nicely, yeah. like yeah, like yeah. hey, a nice nudge. Mm-hmm. Like, like so, wake yeah. back up when you're in class and you fall asleep and your friend just pokes you with his pencil. And they're like, hurry before the teacher sees, wake up. Yeah, so it's it's easy to, uh, there's certain things that are very easy to do, but they're hard to do. You know what I mean? Like the actual doing of them is easy, but making myself do them is what yeah. is the hardest part. I actually made a comment today on somebody's Instagram that um, I follow... He does like a weekly roundup at fatherhood and um, he's definitely very authentic and doesn't hide anything. And one of the things today that came up was um, like how sometimes I feel like I have hundred pound weights on all my limbs, Mm. even just to like Mm -hmm. go get myself in the shower, brush my teeth. These are the things that the depression after certain things were really difficult for me to maintain when when I was younger it really wasn't 
I was like better at it. But then when I experienced such a high level of grief, it was almost like something in my brain just kind of shifted and I didn't want to clean myself anymore. I didn't want to brush my teeth. I didn't want to brush my hair. I didn't want to wash my hands. I didn't even want to get up to go to the bathroom. Like obviously I would, but it's like so difficult. Like you feel like you're moving mountains to do it. I get that B. I mean, I'm telling you, I understand that because I experienced that too. I a lot suffer of people do. Depression. I, I suffer like a long-term chronic depression and I've been in that place even recently. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I, I ebb and flow in it and I think, I think mine's hormonal. Okay. <laughs> Cause I have a uterus. So, <laughs> but my uterus does like to make me hysterical so (laughs) i get i'm having hysteria i have no excuse i just yeah you have no excuse how dare you (laughs) or maybe you have a a uterus maybe you absorbed a twin in the no i'm just kidding (laughs) that's so gross to think about not to not to change the subject but i did see a story where somebody's (laughs) twin grew in him and they didn't realize it until tumor or something yeah it was a uh, yeah (laughs) i think my testicles get me pretty hysterical too. probably i think um well actually there's a study that they did um a hormonal study that oxford university put out um i think it was last year or the year before within the last three years okay and it's fascinating about the hormonal disposition between women and men or people with uteruses and people with testicles. And it shows that the hormonal disposition that people with uteruses tend to go through in a 30-day period, uh, people with testicles go through that every day, every 24-hour period. Oh, well, I wouldn't yeah. doubt that. Because it's like... Uh, they're for uterus owners. There's like a week of the month where they're like frisky, like mm-hmm. all month, like, oh my God, because they're about to drop an egg and right. their body wants to whatever. And then, but for like people with testicles, they like wake Twice up. A day. Yeah. yeah. And then you get sad for a second, then you get mad for a second. And then, you know, like all the things that we go through for like a week at a time, like we have to endure the pain and endure the whatever. But I would not know how to endure it going up and down up and down all day long well i'm like, not about to like say my situation's worse than what a, a woman has to deal with I mean, um i am older now you know i'm no longer like in i don't know i, I hate giving my age but i'm gonna I, i'm supposed to like have lost testosterone but like it hasn't You're lost like, its what control is going over on? me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, aren't I supposed to be calming down by now, dude? <laughs> yeah. So no, that's good, though. I mean, I there's a lot of men your age right now that are being diagnosed with low testosterone and having to take it. Like that might be me, but like, but I mean, I don't know. I'm at an age where that's supposed to be happening. I don't feel any different, but no, I felt like if, if you I did, if I took that on, what what would that make me be come like oh like gosh. Joe Rogan or something? Yeah, you would definitely be a meathead at that time or that moment for at least ten minutes a day because you'll you'll <laughs> go through your <laughs> hormonal dispositions. I'm a big enough of a jerk, and I don't know if I need any extra like you yeah, know you man juice. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> know to make sure you don't listen to us at all (laughs) excuse me excuse me excuse me let me just explain yeah i I have a lot of uh man juice running through me right now and i just i'm i just need to fix this for you can you take care of this for me 
So, um, yeah, I think that the one, the depression and things that we face is something a little bit more situational than chemical. And, um, I also have a chemical disposition. I'm sure we all do off and on like throughout our lives. Um, and I think that it's okay to take some medication when you need to. There's a lot of people that will shame others for leaning on an antidepressant or an anti anything or something that just, if you had a heart condition, you would take heart medicine and you wouldn't put down on your friend for doing that. So it's like, it's been hard for me to be open. Like, yeah, I take, I take, um, a depression medication every single day and, if I don't, I could, it could be scary. Like I have to step down from it, you know, it's a big decision to, to do, but it honestly makes it so I feel like myself. Like when you're in the, the thick of the depression, you don't feel like yourself. You absolutely feel like some like schmeagle part of yourself. Like you do not, it's like, I call it schmeagling. <laughs> I'm schmeagling. Like I can't come out of, of the bedroom under the, the sheets. I'm like, I just can't get out of bed. I can't. That's perfect. I, and, I so and that's not to who that. I yeah. am. I'm not that person. I'm like, let's get up and go for it. I'm like one of those happy people in the morning naturally, authentically. You don't want to be around me at 530 in the morning if you have a hard time waking up because I'm already having, like I've already downed a cup of coffee. I'm ready to go. I want to go on a walk. I want to, I want to clean the house real quick, like just wipe it down real quick and then get our day started, get to work like say hello balance the checkbook pay the bills you know feed the people I'm like ready to go all the time so when I start feeling that slip and I start feeling like oh I don't need a shower today now I know that's my sign instead of when I get all the way because before I would ignore those things and then all of a sudden I'm schmeagled and I'm like how did this happen because I didn't self-care and some of my self-care stuff this is so silly, but I got like these temporary tattoos the other day from TJ Maxx or some crap, Marshalls, I don't know. <laughs> and they're like white girl sayings like live, laugh, love, I am enough, I yeah, love yeah. myself or something, be be you, girl, be brave. And they're like, they're so <laughs> like pumpkin spice latte, basically. And I like put them all over my body and face as I was cleaning the house and just being silly with it and like because it in some way I am giving myself that attention and it's fun and it's not my like journaling oh I gotta journal you know I gotta talk about my feelings like I'm not always like you see the schmeagle was coming I, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> but it, I don't like doing that it, it cringes me so hard to be like my feelings like mm. I know that I have a uterus and I know I have a child and I'm a mother but I'm I have that like keep a stiff up a lip don't cry don't yeah. be cry baby girls cry boys don't like whatever that is. You've I had to have take care that. of yourself from a young age. Yeah. And like, I don't want to show people me crying. I get embarrassed. Like I, like if I'm sad or something, so I'll become like, I don't know. I don't want to say stoic cause it's not stoic, but I'll like hide when I'm mm -hmm. in pain. Totally. I get that. And I won't reach out. I, I've been smeagling B. Well, oh, I'm I've glad been... you admitted that to me. And there's only a few people that I would admit that to. Thank you. And and our listeners are some of them. Right. And we should 
well, in a moment, we'll acknowledge some of our special listeners. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, so, yeah, I've been schmiegling. And in those times is when I'm less, you know, you're not going to hear from me. My family's not going to hear from me. But generally speaking, because I don't want anybody to be like, hey, so what's going on? How you doing? And then I have to lie. You're like horrible. I'd rather, ju- <laughs> yeah, you know. You, no, you would lie and be like, it's great. Yeah, you're just like, oh, oh fine. Uh, so I just tend to disappear. And so I've been smeagling, just kind of calling myself out for that. I'm tr- I'm, I began to do the things, those self-care things that I mentioned, okay. take care of myself to kind of get me out of that. Uh, I don't have a life that's worse than a lot of other people's. You know, I have rec- I recognize, you know, there are a lot of difficult situations. I'm not suffering from cancer. I'm not starving. There are a lot of worse things. I'm not in a war zone. You know, there's a lot of worse things that could be happening. But like when you're when you're in that kind of dark space, it, it's it's very lonely. Yeah, it's almost like you have the blinders on those things, those horses like where you look like Schmeagle. If anyone out there is an artist, I would love for you to just draw Schmeagle like with a blanket over him wearing those horse blinders. I wish I looked like Schmeagle. Like, uh, like that would be well, me that, on a that's good That's me in depression. That's yeah. that's what my depression looks like. Maybe with a hyena body. I get There's it. There's like yeah. a hyena aspect. I wish there. I was as skinny as Schmeagle. What? No, you don't. Stop. Yeah. Stop it. What if I said that just now? Like imagine. Think of, wait, no, no. Imagine. Stop. Imagine me going, Mark. I wish it was as skinny as Schmeagle. You would be like, "Be you're you're fine. Don't think that, right?" I would say that. Yeah, because it's like, dude, that's disgusting. I put your, on some weight. Your weight and height looks great. You don't look fat. You don't look overweight, and you don't look skinny. I'm skinny fat. Look, yeah, cool. I'm skinny I like, fat. I'm a skinny good, guy good. with extra weight on Hey, me. I got an 80s soft body over here. That's what I'm working with. That's what I call it. 80s sock? Soft body. Oh, 80s soft. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, in the 80s, women didn't have, like, abs that were, like, six right. packs. Yeah. They just had the regular abs. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so you just have. I don't have abs. I actually, I have, like, a Homer Simpson thing going on right yeah. now. <laughs> I have I'm a, a fupa troopa. <laughs> I think I'm even beyond dad bod. You know, no, you're but, you're before it is a dad bod just for the Richter scale, Richter scale, the Richter. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, you I feel like um, the representation of Schmeagol is something that looks like my depression. Well, yeah, I think that character from a ly- literary perspective kind of represents sort of our, some aspect of all of our personalities. Oh, I want to, I, well, let's mention those special listeners that we want to thank for. Oh, yeah. Let's, I, so Natisse Thompson is one of the new patrons. Thank you, Natisse. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. Thank Round you, of a, You can uh, all get a tattoo from Natisse Thompson. Uh, you have to book ahead, okay? So, <laughs> but she owns a tattoo shop up in Tahoe, California. So mm. whenever you guys get out of the city and go up to Tahoe, you want a little piece to remember the nature it's a perfect self-care thing to I do i love tahoe too and one of my favorite things about natisse and her tattooing is that she does have like a whole side of uh, tattoos that she's pre-designed that have meaning and intention so like if you are in a different point of your life and you want to be re- 
born or your new beginning or your new that or whatever it is or you've learned to let the light in and you, you know she has like a a whole thing with these where do you find her where can our listeners find natice at needle peak tattoo all right so thank you to natice uh thank you to our patrons uh and anyone who subscribed on apple podcasts and spotify Yes, and you you have the whole lowdown on Lizzo, and I you oh. gonna lay that on oh. us. I don't know. Are you Ooh, girl, girl, we're gonna get it. Gotta get your tea out, girl. You gotta get. We gotta get your wig and your tiara so you can get down with this. <laughs> I kind of. I don't want to just jump to bashing her because I don't know enough about. Okay, this. no, we don't need to. I love li- this. Is so hard for me. I'm gonna say, this is. Um, okay, let me. I'm going to tell you this. You, you remember, you know, Al Franken. Yeah. This was, I thought Al Franken had broken my heart enough. Like that, that broke my heart. And if you don't know, Al Franken is a comedian turned senator who is amazing senator. Just well needed, well, well received. Just such a real person. I really love him. And then... He um, it came out during the Me Too stuff that during his comedian or comedian or comedian era, he had gone overseas and done a, a set, a comedy set for the troops who at the time were playing or were playing, like were playing USO. against uh, Iraq and yeah. the, but were fighting against everything, and he was pictured where with one of another female guest that had come out to perform uh he was pretending to grab her breasts but she was asleep and the guys were all making fun of it and he was the hands were in front of the breasts leanne tweeden leanne tweeden yeah thank you and so um and he had tried to kiss her earlier in the evening he had a and he admitted all of this and she said no and it was fine, but then once she fell asleep and all the guys were being stupid freaking guys, they took this picture and it, it humiliated her when she found out about it, you know? And then she had to live with that forever. But during the Me Too, she came out with that and Al Franken did what any self-respecting person would do is, you know, resign from his place. Any self-respecting Democrat because of yeah. Republicans yeah, would Rep- not no, never. have resigned. They would have been like, yeah, that's right. I child trafficked. I don't care. Like, what's his name? Um, ugh. The Florida guy. I know which one. <laughs> oh, Gates. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, which- Matt Gates. Yeah. Like, he's all yeah. just flying these teenagers yeah. everywhere. And he's like, I'm good. I'll stay in the fucking yeah. Senate. <laughs> There's nothing a Republican would, would that would make them <laughs> so resign bad. over so bad they would just say like you're just like that's uh fake news and that's not so my my heart broke when al franken did the right thing because i was like can't we do the wrong thing right now you know because i we need him in senate but at the same time i do think it's the right thing he addressed it he said i did do that and i'm very sorry you know like that i shouldn't have done that at, at that time in my life you know you you need to address the allegation but anyway al franken i thought was a big enough heartbreak but Lizzo was definitely, I'm trying not to have depression. And this is when I want to let everyone know, I'm one of those people that is going to separate the art from the artist. I'm, I will listen to, 
I listen to I Can Fly or I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly <laughs> off and on. Do My kid watch? and I listen to that and sing it, but I cannot, I don't like the artist, but I love the art. Lizzo, same thing. Explain to me what Lizzo is being accused okay. of okay. and what has been confirmed. Okay, okay. I got got you. Um by the way, again, my son loves Lizzo. I love Lizzo. We loved what she stood for, for body positivity, for mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you look like, what race you are, where what background you come from, you can do it, you know? And um so she's being accused of um some sexual harassment stuff and um false imprisonment. Um and it's quite shocking what went down. And it's by two of the dancers that were on her reality television show that won their spots in her tour to dance on her tour. So during tour, let's see, where do we start? Let's start with the two um, dancers were to do a photo shoot in an outfit. And this outfit happens to be see-through. This is confirmed. They were not given any kind of like nude undergarments or anything to wear under those. And they kept asking for them and they just went on with the photo shoot without allowing them to cover their private areas. And they were, they've never done anything like that. Like they've never done a photo. Not that if you've had done that, that it makes it okay. But this is like another level of like, you know, they come from nowhere, go on a reality television show, win the spot. Now we're at the juncture of going on to this amazing tour. Like, this is your lifelong dream. And, like, then they're asking you to do basically a nude photo shoot. And with this nude, <laughs> with this nude photo shoot, you're trying to say, like, hey, I'm not down with this. And they're like, well, you just need to do it. And they felt peer pressured to do it. And they did it. But this is not what they wanted to do. So was she involved in that? Yeah. She was directly involved with it. They asked her specifically. And um, another person mentioned in these lawsuits, um, these allegations, and um, is her, how do we call it, Lizzo's, like, manager that manages all the, the people, her side person, like the person who manages all the... Or like the tour manager or whatever? Yeah, like the tour manager, the dance manager. Um, She was overly religious um, where she was like constantly talking about her religion with all of the other dancers. And um, which they thought was fine. But what would happen is she would do this like party trick where she would deep throat a banana in front of them at work and think it's funny. And then sometimes be like, you know, in my religion... You're not allowed to masturbate, but this morning I had an oopsie before work. <laughs> and it's like, why are you... So there was like stuff like that. that yeah, was... but that's not Lizzo. No, it's not, but just wait. Okay. And um, so that's like a workplace environment that's really not the best. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, and this is supposed to be professional, you know, like this is Lizzo, you know, this is the most professional you can get, I would think. And so that's that, the nude photo shoot that they did not want to be a part of and were told, just do it anyway. Like, who cares what you need? And then they go on tour. And during tour, 
they end up in Amsterdam and there is a sex club that Lizzo finds out about and she wants to go. They do a great job on the show and they, they're wrapping it up and she's like, come on to all the dancers. I'm taking you all. We're going. And it wasn't really clear to the dancers where they were going. Mm-hmm. They just thought they were going to a club of some sort, which I would too. But they didn't, they were just like, okay, we feel like we have to do this because she wants to and it's Lizzo and we're here to work for her and, but whatever. So they end up going to this sex club where the girls instantly are like, I don't want to participate mm. in any of this. Mm. And um, this is explicit. If there are children in the room, they need to leave right now if they are accidentally in here. Or if you don't want to listen to this, this is explicit. You can turn it off right now or whatever. So but was it a, uh, like they're viewing yeah. or a participation kind of place? So I'll answer both those questions for you. It's a show that goes on okay. that you can also participate in. Okay. So it's these uh, women who shoot dildos out of their vaginas and uh, let you, and you're supposed to catch them, the audience. So there's like, I'm sorry, just vagina this sounds like, dildo. Yeah. I don't want to touch that. I don't want it near me. I don't want it touching me. That's disgusting. I don't know who this person is. Like, I just think HPV. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. You see and my then, arms are wrapped yeah, up yeah, exactly. really tight right now. I'm <laughs> yeah, kind you're of, all uncomfortable. But, wait, okay. wait, wait, wait. Okay. I'm not done with that. All right. And the other part of the show, you are to eat a banana mm. out of the... Oh, so oh, you're not oh. touching them. Okay. And they have the other side of the banana in them. So technically the banana's clean, whatever. So yeah. she's like, just eat it. Just eat it. And they do. And also grabbing the breasts of the performers that they were allowing them to do, but she didn't want to. And again, they all peer pressured these two specifically mm-hmm. that kept saying they didn't want to do it Yeah, and they did it. And, um, yeah. So this is an aspect of Amsterdam that attracts tourists because this isn't the kind of thing people that live there generally do. But when you think, I know, right? I'm in Amsterdam, like, we got to go to a sex club. Yeah, and what, and do all the things that are legal here or whatever. Yeah. And so during tour, there was that. And she they were just like, oh, my God, I can't. I did that. And they just felt shameful. And they had to grapple with that, whatever. They come back from tour. She doesn't even give them a break. The next day, she tells all the dancers they all need to come for an audition now that turned into quoted like verbatim it said um a 12 hour grueling dance session where nobody was allowed to leave and one of the girls soiled her pants because she wasn't even allowed to leave the dance floor to go pee what was the purpose of that why was because she was just angry and she wanted them to um. prove that they wanted to be on the tour and then it just kept, she kept being like it's not good enough it's not good enough it's not good enough and making them dance and dance and dance and not giving them breaks whatsoever, not to eat, not to drink, and not to go to the bathroom. And one of them ended up soiling herself. Then there's <laughs> one last one, the false imprisonment. Um, this one's really bad. This is this is like it's like Cardi B threw stuff at somebody this other weekend. Ice Spice was like 
talking was telling all of her people to but they were being demanding i found out they were being crazy on yeah. that and, Cardi- and then lizzo was like hold my tiny purse yeah. i needed to i'll take the cake on this there was nothing <laughs> like, that cardi b did wrong no like she threw a mic at somebody who deserved it yeah the know. problem was is it hit the wrong person i found out oh. that's why she's well, getting sued yeah okay but so this is the last one the final impri- or the false imprisonment where this person who soiled her pants, who had to grab the boobs, who had to da, 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 do the naked shoot that she didn't want to do, she always records conversations between her and the manager and her and Lizzo, which everyone's kind of aware of because she has a hard time processing things. Mm-hmm. And um, so they locked her in a room when they found out that she had recordings of them. And they uh, took her phone from her, went through everything and deleted what they wanted to. And then after hours of keeping her in a room, let her go. And this was after they already fired her. Like they and they called her in on her day off. Like they fired her, actually. And then it was like so she didn't have to go in that day. And then now they call her in and (laughs) they imprison her and won't let her leave. And then that's when she decided to go to a lawyer because she was like, this is crazy. Like. Not that she was going to let any of that other stuff slide per, per se, but I don't think she felt like she had like a, a strong case until that false imprisonment because everything else is like, well, everyone's consenting adults and if you regret it, whatever, whatever. But this is a workplace. It is. Lizzo has more power than these two dancers. She's a corporation. Yeah. And this is not good. So if you were if you were working for, you know, Hewlett Packard and you had to go on a work trip and your boss said, hey, we're all going to a club and you went and then they made you do what happened with this. Oh, my God. You would you'd be able to sue them like, for so like much. crazy. It's sexual harassment. All of this is sexual harassment. And a lot of people are like, well, how can a girl sexually harass a girl? Uh, very easy. Gender on gender sexual harassment happens a lot. Yeah. There's nothing there. There's no question about that. Yeah. Making people do the things that were made to do, you know, exposing them, first of all, to even the conversation about about swallowing a banana. That, that is, is actionable in a corporate atmosphere. And yep. Lizzo is a corporation at this point. And like and then her manager, dance manager lady talking about an oopsie i had an oopsie this morning that's so gross to me i'd be like look keep that to yourself like i've said that in salons because i'll tell you what doing hair for 20 something years we grab we are an hr nightmare we grab each other's tits (laughs) ass like we are there's no boundaries we have zero boundaries with each other it's like all gay and some straight ladies so we're just it's a mess and so when i heard this like I thought to myself, I wouldn't even let me and my nasty ass stylist <laughs> talk like that to each other. Like, we don't want to know when you masturbated, but I want to know what your butt feels like. Or or if you got a boob job, I'm going to touch it. You know what I mean? Like, there's differences there. So even in like the demon zone, that's gross. Telling us about masturbating. Oopsie. These are employees. Yeah. These aren't friends. No, and they're, they're not employees. hanging out at your house. Yeah, so no matter what corporation or company you work for, if you had your employees do that or expose them to that, especially if they didn't want to and they felt pressured into doing it, they major kept saying lawsuit. no, and they kept saying no, and they kept saying no. Yeah, and then there's um, a bunch of the other dancers who are not part of the lawsuit, like they're not joining the lawsuit. They're 
but they're defending the um, as as witnesses. I get what you're saying about the disappointment because yeah, yeah uh, she stood for so much. Yeah, the body positivity and people really loved her because she was like, I am who I am, and yeah. she's just going to make it. And and that that was so that was so beautiful and and to experience that time and now knowing that there's a there's a door shut on that time with Lizzo. Okay, so now is there a way back for her? Okay, well here's another part of it. Yeah, so if she would have, <laughs> but unfortunately she already screwed herself. Like her apology um, came out two days ago. Um, and she waited like two or three days to address it. Uh, was just victim blaming, saying that they're all adults and they knew what they were doing, and da 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 da, da. and I, I, like literally not what I would have done if I was Lizzo. And Lizzo, if you're listening right now, this is what you should have done, girl. I got it for you. Is you first and foremost say in any apology, you just or anybody coming to you saying my feelings were hurt my existence was hurt by something you were connected to if i was lizzo i would have said look in um addressing the allegations brought to my attention brought by my ex-dancers first and foremost i want to apologize that you ever felt uncomfortable and and not safe in my company I'm sorry that anything that I was connected to assisted in making you feel unsafe and not seen or heard. And with that said, and looking back on it now, I can see how you felt that way. And I'm sorry I ever made you feel that way. And what I what I think we should do from here on is to fix this. And like, what can I do to make it right for you? Do you know how I can make this right for you? Is there a way for you to accept my apology? Because I would love for you to accept my apology. B, you're so good at this. I know, right? Lizzo needs to hire me. But she already messed up because she... People, hire me for your PR crap. Because I'm I'm an apology champion. And whoever her publicist is who allowed her to come oh out God. with that apology... Fire them. Who are you people? You guys... <sighs> there was God. no apology there. No, there wasn't. Did you read it? No, you're, yeah, from what I read you're telling it. me yeah. by saying you were adults, you knew what you were yeah. doing. Yeah, and it was like three page of just like, or not three pages, it was like Instagram three posts, like swipe, and it literally not addressing their feelings whatsoever. Well, darn it. I w- hope she finds her way back, you know, because she, she mean, did mean a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, and who's to say, like, I don't know what celebrity plus millions of dollars does to one's brain like obviously she's drunk on something like her ego is like she thought she could do no wrong you know she's like i'm sex positive so it's okay to force my employees to (laughs) peer pressure them to be all sexy and it's like that's not what that means babe and like that stuff's just not it's not cool i'm sorry i wonder if she can recover from it i don't know how yeah well, we'll see. Maybe she takes some time off and uh, gets to a place where she can recover that. She needs to go on Jada Pinkett Smith's uh, red round table thing <laughs> with her old dancers and talk about it and then victim blame them there at the table like she did Will. Mm. <laughs> like, mm. That would be a good way to fix it, right? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm being so mean, <laughs> like in my own B fashion. It hurts like, though thinking about it because like I hate to see her... F- 
take a fall this I know, hard. right? And it, my son loves her so much. He knows the lyrics to every single one of her songs. So now, now we, I, I'm going to let him listen to it. I don't care. What do you do with Woody Allen movies? Ugh. That's hard, too. I mean, you know, I do like Woody Allen movies, but not so much that it hurts. So I'm just like, F it. It's fine. The the one problem I have with Woody Allen is and not it's fine it's effort I'm not going to watch any of them ever again like I'll bl- I'll just leave all of that some other place but at the same time what I don't like to admit is that I always feel like horrendously like akin or like the same as the character that he's playing in any of his movies like I feel like that person a lot of the time and so I relate to the kind of disparage year and like self-loathing stuff you know but um it's not that great you know what I mean it really isn't I know it's beautiful and wonderful and he was prolific in some way but I could totally dump all of his stuff and not care but uh Michael Jackson I cannot I um, you know I'll be singing Man in the Mirror till the day I die <laughs> you know what I mean yeah it's same it's... thing with the R. Kelly stuff I believe I can fly. I can fly. You know, like I, it's the best song. Like it pumps me up, bro. But Woody Allen, I can leave it, leave it at the back door. Yeah, that's a, a hard dilemma. Like even Charlie Chaplin, one of the most mm-hmm. iconic film actors, filmmakers. Right. I mean, one of the most famous figures in the world. Probably like Michael Jackson, famous. Yep. And he had that same kind of history of. Like, you know, he was marrying underage women yep. and then Elvis Presley with Priscilla. Priscilla was underage when she was like and 14. that that upsets me because I love Elvis and that's another thing. I I sing Elvis all the time. We have it on Alexa in the house and we pump it up and blast it but i'm like he i even want to get an elvis tattoo you know if he was alive he would be a big old oh maga my God, yeah. maga <laughs> he head would, he would be eating like a donut burger being like trump trump that bitch <laughs> he'd be like john voight you know or ted nugent oh my god i can't it's so i'm so glad that we got to keep him in a time capsule yeah because yeah. he didn't age well that wasn't gonna age well <laughs> say the least oh, god bless them <laughs> yeah but yeah there's a lot of things like that in our society and that's why another reason why i want i wanted to get on the mic again you know I, like shovel you've been here for every time i've ever been on the mic you know and i've always covered so many different topics like gender identity sexual identity just relationship advice um you know just job advice driving advice like anything and nowadays i really do want there to be a better way for us all to talk about the crazy stuff that happens like my mom was my actual biological mom was like priscilla she got married off to one of my grandfather's colleagues when she was 15 or 16 years old and he was well into his like late 20s, almost early 30s. Was, is that your dad or somebody else? No, that's my brother's dad. Okay. Yeah, my older brother's father. I My mom had, and she had to convert from Catholicism to Mormonism. Yeah. <laughs> then, this is a whole, this is a whole episode. Yeah. We so it's like, there's that. so many things that, and, and, you know, you should 
should subscribe to our Patreon, the Jellyfish and Shovel Patreon, because there is where we have a lot of our more extra, harder to talk about in public topics. So please go check it out. Um, But everyone needs to talk more about like these historical things and how they were wrong and how we can prevent it from happening today, you know? And just for me, the preventing it today, talking about it helps us all be aware of it to where we can actually see it in front of our eyes when it's happening. Like, cause nowadays and report it, it's easy. You got Google. It's never been easier to report <laughs> child uh, trafficking or child whatever. B, that's what I love about you. And I'm so glad to, to have you here. This week has been really exciting and <laughs> pop culture and and self-care. Come on, people. Get on the self-care train. This this podcast can be part of your self-care. You can lay down, put some earbuds on, shut your eyes, cut up a crudite, crudita, what is it called? Coup d'etat. <laughs> Get you some, some veggies and a balsamic, okay? And just dip and snack and nosh and listen to us because it'll help you just you know, relax. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the show, everyone. Um, and let's, I think you remind us, B, to take care of ourselves and to take care of each other. And when we're going through stressful situations, if we're dealing with somebody that's stressing us out, that's doing their job, and we have to remember, you know, they're, they're suffering too. They're carrying around pain we don't know about. They're going through situations that we have no clue about. And let's be kind to each other, even if we don't know who they are, even if they're being a jerk to us, let's acknowledge that they may be going through a lot of pain right now. Because you might not know this, Shovel, and everyone listening, but kindness is free for us all to share. It's free. It doesn't cost us a thing. That's really, that's really beautiful. We're all in the same boat. We're all in this nightmare together, friends. <laughs> we are. So, <laughs> just one big happy nightmare. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Jellyfish and Shovel Show. Every week, same time, same place. Anytime. <laughs> Any place. <laughs> Ooh. Be jellyfish and shovel.